This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Today we're talking about Consumer Protection Act, which is what everyone wants to know all the time. It affects us daily. In studio with me is Emil Myberg. He's a specialist in the Consumer Protection Act and many other laws. Welcome again to you. Emil. Thank you very much, Gary. Emil, this, uh, let me just give out our contact details, if I may. Uh, the Facebook page is The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg, and our Twitter handle is at Hertzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. This is the time of year, Emil, where I think it's uh, where we all sitting down to book our year-end holidays. And uh, what happens if you need to cancel is always a thought that goes through our heads. I'm going to book an air ticket, but I'm not sure of the dates, and will this one be around then and then? How does it work? Yes, you book a ticket, and the earlier before the old intended departure date that you book it, the tickets are often cheaper. But those cheap tickets come with a whole host of restrictions. You, know, you can't change the dates, and you can't cancel. Um, and if you do, you, you, um, there are immense cancellation penalties, or often you forfeit the, the whole airfare. But it depends upon why you want to cancel. If you cancel because you've changed your mind, you no longer want to go to Mauritius, you now want to go to Namibia, um, you will in all likelihood, in terms of the conditions of carriage that the airlines have, you will in all likelihood not be able to cancel it unless you pay a hefty cancellation fee. And whether those cancellation fees are legal, we'll get to in a minute. But if you cancel because of your own death, which obviously goes without saying, or serious illness, then the airfare, the, the airline or hotel or cruise booking that you have must refund you everything. The, the Section 17 of the Consumer Protection Act is quite clear about mm. that. You know, in the event of illness or, or, or death, they've got to refund everything. Sorry, is a death only of uh, is a death within the family? How far does the death extend, or the illness extend? Well, let's have a look at what Section seventeen five says. A supplier may not impose a, any cancellation fee in respect of a booking uh, reservation or because of the death or hospitalisation of the person for whom or for whose benefit. Booking reservation or order was made. So it's, it's really, it's the passenger. Yeah. The so if, assuming that your wife is ill, um, well, not your wife, say your, God forbid, your, your, your mother, who's not coming on the trip, you, you, she's, she's very ill, you can't get your money. It's got to be you yourself. Yes, it's got to be the passenger. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, um, I feel that all airlines, Operating in South Africa, and there I include foreign airlines. If you buy a ticket on a European airline, departing in South Africa and returning to South Africa, that European airline or any foreign airline is subject to the Consumer Protection Act mm -hmm. just as much as anybody else. Mm -hmm. So whether it's Cape Town to Johannesburg or Cape Town to London, yes. the the CPA applies. And what the, what this, this same section 17 says um, is that uh, if you cancel 
with sufficient uh, notice, then you are entitled to a refund. The supplier can charge a cancellation penalty, but once again, the cancellation penalty must be reasonable and it mustn't be a penalty that basically takes away any advantage that you have in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. So saying your cancellation fee is 100% and you agree that this is reasonable, that's not valid. I've booked a ticket for December the peak, 15th of December, 16th, whatever. I can't make it anymore. I want to cancel. I know the airline can replace a thousand people yes. with, uh, with that seat. Now, here we are faced with the reality of enforcing the Consumer Protection Act. You know, the, the CPA is a beautiful piece of law. Some problems, yes, but um, and it's empowered the consumer. But you go try, take on South African Airways or British Airways or any of the other big airlines. The first thing that they're going to wave at you is here are our conditions of coverage. You say that uh, you agree that if you cancel for whatever reason, you will forfeit everything. Yes, but you can, you, can get someone, you can get 100 people to sit in that seat. That I, makes no difference to them. I, you know what? I want to take them on. I want to sue them. I've had enough. Someone asked here. I'll tell you who it is. Uh, it was um, Gabriella. She says, does a small claims court have jurisdiction to hear matters pertaining to the Consumer Protection Act? They do have. But the risk that you run at the small claims court, with all due respect to the court, is that uh, the commissioners are not always clued up on the Consumer Protection Act. And because the uh, plaintiffs are not allowed legal representation, there's very little scope uh, to uh, uh, present legal arguments to the, the commissioner. Emil, I know that the small claims court, the commissioners, they are lawyers like you and me. Yes. That's who sits there. I've sat there. I don't know if you've ever sat there. No, I haven't. I mean, I know, I know enough to be dangerous. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would research it first. If I had a matter that I wasn't sure of, there are a lot of competent and caring attorneys that sit as commissioners. Why would we be, be, I wouldn't be scared to send someone there. They get instant justice. The thing is you, um, even judges get it wrong. And if you lose a, a high court, a magistrate court uh, case, you have the right to appeal. You do not have that in the, in the small claims court mm. unless you can prove bias. Yeah. Uh, on the part and yes, but if the, the if the commissioner gets it wrong in law, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, the answer is, of course, the small claims court can hear any case, yes. or not any. There are some exceptions, divorces and things like that, up to 15,000 rand. Right. That's the max mm. at the moment. And there, I, I repeat what I've said here before. You know, just because your claim may exceed 15,000, you know, I would assume the small claims court even for up to 25,000 rand. Uh, because you can waive the portion of your claim over f over 15,000. Waive means abandon. Abandon, yes. Yeah. So um, if you go to the match court for 25,000 rand, you know, your legal fees are going to be 10,000 rand, unfortunately, as well. So I would that that's what I would do if I have a claim of even up to 25. You are the procurer that took someone on recently. <laughs> um, we've discussed it before, but that's in another podcast. Just tell us quickly about the photographs of your daughter, I yes. think it is, and where you went and what your result is. Yes. Well, in a nutshell, um, you know, a photographer took some pictures of my daughter at her school um, and, you know, beautiful pictures. And then uh, before I could buy the pictures that I really wanted, I had to buy a bundle of products that really didn't interest me. 
Um, I phoned the photographer and said, listen, I'm prepared to give you good business. I'll buy 2,000 rands pictures um, if I just don't have to buy this, these things for 300 rand. And she was very rude to me. And she said, you know, you don't have to buy anything and slammed the phone down in my ear. Um, I, I'm, you know, we're all human beings. You, somebody makes you angry and say, okay, right, I'll show you. So I reported that to the, uh, the National Consumer Commission because you cannot bundle products. You cannot expect of a uh, purchaser, of a client, to buy one product um, in order for them to get something else. And I'm afraid, you know, the cinemas are also guilty of this, not allowing you to take uh, sweets or, or chocolates or cool drink that you Can they, if you walk in with a packet of popcorn from home or from the supermarket? Well, they do stop they, you. Do they stop you? Um, it has happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things, the principle is the same, you know. Uh, so I reported this photographer to the, to the National Consumer Commission. Mm. And there I was confronted by exactly the same problems that everybody else who take uh, matters to the Consumer Commission um, are faced with. And that is uh, they are overworked, they're underpaid, you know, because suddenly everybody can take everything they feel aggrieved about Mm. uh, for adjudication and it's free. Um, My matter took more than a year to resolve um, because, you know, it was resolved I think in August. The Consumer Commission phoned me and apologized profusely because they said the photographer's answer to my complaint ended up in their spam folder. Mm. You know, so, you know, that is, doesn't bode well. Yeah, yeah, near. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, I got, they found in my favor, um, and the photographer offered for me to, you know, she, uh, I can buy the pictures that I wanted. She wasn't very friendly in her emails, but, mm. you know, at least I got the, the How long was this whole process from beginning to end? Roughly a year. So you've got to wait a year for yes. in your case. Yes. <clears throat> Let's talk about the accommodation that we're booking now. You book a hotel, you arrive there. It looks great on the net, and it's shocking when you get there. You want out. Yeah, deceptive advertising. Yeah. Uh, that is also not allowed in the Consumer Protection Act. You know, if you say this is this is not the product I ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, you know, if you want to get your money back. Um, if you have paid a deposit, uh, they can um, you know, force you to go through the whole file. It's going to be a question of fact. They're going to say, well, the, you know, you're going to analyze the picture on the Internet. That's the very picture that you see here. Um, they may have made it glossy and pretty, and the rooms look much better on the net than they are. But they always do, don't they? Yeah, they always do, even 10-star you know, hotels. <laughs> yes. uh, it's going to be a hard one to prove. It will be. I think it will be. A, it will have to be absolutely uninhabitable. What happened? Yeah, absolutely. So it's got to be completely um, on the other side. Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. You know, but if they if they advertise, you know, a big plush king size bed, mm. and you get there and it's you know, these camp style beds, I I think you would. Uh, You'd have the right to say, "I want my money. Yes. I'm getting out of here." Yes. What happens if you book for two weeks and after a week you've just had enough? You just don't want to. It's a nice hotel. You just. You know, you mentioned that that is one of the conditions of Airbnb, mm. um, which I don't think gels with the Consumer Protection Act. You know, if you want to cancel, um, you are entitled to cancel, subject to a reasonable cancellation fee, and subject to the supplier being able to find somebody else. Um, there, you know, if you say, "Okay, look, it's the middle of a two-week holiday. Um, I want to leave now." 
it might be difficult for the supplier to to find somebody else. And mm. I think what's important to remember in terms of the Consumer Protection Act is suppliers also have some rights. You know, their yeah. their rights to impose unilaterally unfair terms have been severely curtailed. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the supplier is now uh, king and can do whatever he wants without any without paying penalties. I think the answer is try not to pay for the whole vacation up front. That's right. You pay for a week or so, and then the supplier would have to sue you rather than you sue him. That's right. The supplier could sue you. That's right. They say, well, listen, you buggered off after a week. I couldn't let that room to anyone else. I'm going to hold you liable. Precisely. Then he's got to sue you. Precisely. But that's his problem. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You don't want to be trying to get money back. So what's the answer? Try not to pay up front for the entire accommodation. Yes. Uh, Although some uh, instances, some… uh, suppliers require full prepayment, um, and in some cases, you say if you if you cancel, say up to the day before or the day of the, the, uh, your first night, mm. then we're entitled to take a hundred percent from your credit card. You know, and they ask for credit card details. Yeah, this so is a problem. Absolutely, they've got your credit card. Yeah, I've got a. Oh. I'm going to Cape Town on Friday. Um, I hope that uh, the airlines are flying again by Friday because I've got a hotel booking, which says that if you don't uh, clock in by 6 o'clock, then uh, we take the full booking. Um, and there I won't be able to really to hide behind the fact that my airline was on strike or their pilots mm. um, because that's got nothing to do with them really. Um, so it, it, it's, it's difficult, you know. Give us the answers. Aren't there any? <laughs> well, what I would do, you know, you, prevention is always better than care. You know, yeah. if I see that I won't be able to make it to Cape Town, yeah. then I will cancel the booking because obviously I would know way before the last minute uh, that I can still cancel that I won't be able to be there. Mm. So, so then I would cancel. Then I would go after the airline. So, okay, now you must give me back all my money because it's your fault that I couldn't go. No. The the law and advice that we give and the practical situation are poles apart. Yes. The, the, the truth is once you go into a hotel and you give them your credit card, they got you. That's right. And there's literally you can give them law from today till tomorrow. Yes. They got you and they're going to they're going to use they're going to take your money. Yeah, that's well, you know there's this adage in law that um, possession is nine tenths of yeah, the law. Absolutely. So with possession if your credit card or your car it's it's yeah, the once safe. they got your credit card, um, I mean, you could apply to stop the payment on the credit card. Yes, but I think you won't get away with that because the credit card company will check how it was paid. You know, if if, if there's no fraud or anything, yeah, if your credit were, card was swiped, yes, and you signed for it as well and entered your PIN, yes, you're going to have a tough time to prove to them that it was fraud. Yeah, you could apply to court. That's that's your and that would be to the high court. Yes, and, and that's very expensive. Yes. But depends how much your your and hotel accommodation would be for the rest of the stay. Yes, um, but you can get a court order interdicting the bank paying out on the credit card. You can, but uh, this reminds me of a case I had many years ago, uh, where my opponent was telling me about a case that he had where they wanted to stop a bank payment, an international payment, and the bank said we will ignore that. I said. The international payment system is so important that we will ignore a court order. We would pay it, and then we will face the consequences. So, you know, you might might be on shaky ground there. Uh, Ray Green also gave some uh, 
legal advice he often does he and he ninety nine percent of the time he gets it right yeah he does uh, yeah. um it's actually he that gave me this cue about Section 17 of the CPA. You know, so okay. So yeah, tell us what he said about it. Well, Section 17 of the CPA, which deals with cancellations, refunds, and penalties, gives consumers the right to cancel an advance reservation, booking or order, and supplies uh, and supplies the right to impose a reasonable cancellation. Penalty. And the, and the, and and the, the operative just, word there is the reasonable. They're entitled to impose yes. a reasonable. Yes. I mean, we can we can go on and on about landlord and tenant. When you want to cancel, what's a reasonable penalty? We don't know. We don't know that one. Um, and this is where uh, small claims commissioners, you know, often find against the tenant. You know, so you cancelled one year before the end of the period, yeah. um, and I feel that six months is a reason is a reasonable penalty. Until we get guidance on that from the High Court, and unfortunately most tenants are not in a position to go litigate in the High Court, we will have to go with the opinions of attorneys and writers like you and I. I believe that um, a reasonable penalty is really very little. You know, you, you're entitled, first of all, to your one-month mm. uh, notice. Um, and then what else? You know, they put in lease agreements that we both agree that three months or four months will be a reasonable cancellation penalty, provided that we can find somebody else. And if not, then you're liable for the whole uh, remainder of the lease. Mm. That is not reasonable. No. But the mm. problem is, how are you going to get that back? Because if we're talking about a, a year cancellation, you know, then suddenly 20,000 rand a month, you, that, that there you will have to go sue in, in at least the magistrate's court. Yeah. And you're at an immense, at an immense disadvantage. For that case to be finalized, it's going to take a year. The magistrate might get it wrong. Then you have to appeal. So we're still very That's much. That's a tough one. Emil, what comes up all the time on legal talk and all over the place, and I've been asked this, people make alterations to the property like a bookcase. They get, that gets nailed in. It's a permanent fixture. Yes. The other one is a DSTV antenna. Yeah. What, whose, whose property is this? It becomes the property of the landlord. Um, I know they, some people are not, uh, do, don't agree with that, but there is appeal court, um, authority of that. It's a Rand Airport case where if the, the tenant, uh, affixes a permanent fixture, that becomes first of all the property of the landlord, unless they've got an agreement to the contrary. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the best that the, uh, tenant has is he's got an, an enrichment claim against the, uh, the landlord. For whatever uh, value the property would have been increased by by that fixture, and enrichment is obviously mm. a very tricky. No, that's really a, that's another aspect. Of yes. So you saying the DSTV aerial that I put up belongs to the landlord if I'm renting the property? It does. And I can't pull it down when I leave. No. You're even if I'm there for six months, or even, even if you're there for six months, or six minutes. But uh, you know, like everything in law, you know, yeah. the, the answers can be quite complex. In in that uh, Rand Airport appeal case, um, the the landlord wanted to cancel the lease, yeah. and the tenant had effected uh, some improvements, uh, fixtures, um, and he said, "Look, as long as you don't reimburse me for these fixtures, then you cannot cancel the lease agreement." Mm-hmm. So there. The, the tenant won. But the principle was confirmed. The fixtures, permanent fixtures. Belong to the landlord. Belong to the landlord. It's always been the law that. Yes. Just be careful. 
put a bookcase up, but don't nail it into the wall. Precisely. The, another one that always comes up is you, when you rent a property, you put down a deposit. Say your rent is four and a half thousand a month. They ask you for a month's de- uh, deposit, whatever. So it's four and a half thousand. The rent escalates the following year. Yes. Then the landlord comes and says, hey, increase your deposit. Yes. Can he? he? He can't unless that has been specifically, expressly agreed to in the contract. It so, never really is. I've never, no. Yeah. What I've seen, in, and, and estate agents, you know, they are really uh, very imaginative people mm. because they come and say, look, the contract says the deposit is equal to one month's rent. The rent has now gone up. Now, my reply to that is unless the agreement says that uh, when the rent goes up, you must also pay the an uh, addition to the deposit, mm. then you are not liable to pay extra for or anything extra when the rent goes up. It, and um, there are arguments here, but it's implied by the fact that we say that the rent is equ- the deposit is equal to one month's rent. I would use the um, that rule that says that uh, the contract is interpreted against the party Absolutely. that is. Uh, responsible for drafting it. Emil, we're kind of running out of time. Quickly, there's a few here. I buy something from a store. I can get it cheaper elsewhere. I just saw after I paid for it that I can get it a thousand rand cheaper. Can I take the item back and say, hey, give me my money back? No, that stuff. You know, so you've got a contract with the place you bought it and for the price. There's nothing under the CPA. That nothing under the CPA, no. Um, what about um, I purchased an item. Someone asked this question. Uh, there's the shop price tag is on the item. I, it's defective. I want to replace it, but I've lost the slip. Yeah, there you would really be at the mercy of the of the supplier. Um, you know, if you can't really have show proof that you bought it from them, and especially well, it's got the ta- it's, it's, it shows uh, the 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 supplier's tag. Yeah, but I just don't have the date. That's the still slip. not proof that you bought it. I can't imagine that most shops would really refuse uh, to, to replace But they're within their rights to refuse? Th- they would be. Yeah. Someone says that uh, you've got seven days if your item is defective to replace, to return it. Where does this myth come from? I, I don't know. There are often people, you know, they answer questions and my, my answer to them is, can you please give me authority for that? You know, yeah. where do you get the seven days? Oh, well, I thought it was like that. So there's no seven days. It's rubbish. If my item is defective, how long have I got to return it? The CPA gives six months. Yes. um, But often uh, the warranties or guarantees from the stores themselves are much more generous. Okay, if there's no warranty, I can come back within six months, say, hey, this item's defective and they've got to? Either replace it or give you your money back. Yeah. Yeah. we do, we've run out of time. You've been involved in franchises. Just in a minute, uh, you had a big case going now. It's still going on. Yeah. What, what's the story with franchises that you want to point out? Well, franchise, it's important to remember that the franchisee is put in the same position as uh, a, a consumer. So the Consumer Protection Act, most of the provisions that apply to an ordinary consumer also apply to a franchisee. And when you sign a franchise agreement, it's important that the franchisor must give you a disclosure document containing a lot of financial information mm. so that you can make an informed decision. Because often franchises look like they're a massive success. Mm. But what people often miss is, you know, a franchise is not a guaranteed success. You've got to put in a lot of hard work um, and you need to know what, what goes into it. Please take advice 
that's the best advice I can give you. Before, oh. yeah, but specifically when you're entering into a franchise. Yes, paying a lawyer 10,000, 20,000 rand to have a look at a contract for you to draft a few is much cheaper than the hundreds of thousands you will spend on a high court case. Absolutely. I don't know if you need to spend 10,000. You may get uh, two, 3,000 and get M- advice maybe that, on it. Yeah. But do take advice. It's been fascinating, as usual, on the Consumer Protection Act. We could go, you and I could go on forever Indeed. on this one. <laughs> Emil Mayberg, you're an attorney in Johannesburg. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you very we much. We appreciate it. To you, our listener, I hope you've enjoyed this one. And until next time, cheers. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.